Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Kevin Ross again with your three uh, cocktail questions, Sunday morning mimosa edition. So uh, my friend Amy Awesome over on Twitter posted this great picture uh, titled War Game of Star Thrones. We need this crossover. Check her out over on Twitter. Follow her. She posts some great stuff. But it got me thinking because next week we're going to start uh, part of our Star Wars theories. Uh, the big ones and the crazy ones, because that's what this, uh, this channel is. But it also got me to uh, talk about what I've always thought is the greatest crossover uh, location in between Game of Thrones and Star Wars, and that is Naboo. Naboo, to me, is the high garden of Game of Thrones and of the Star Wars universe, and let me explain. Let's first start with Padme. Padme, who was, a quote-unquote, elected at the age of 11 can go one of two ways. The most benevolent way is that she's the Lady of Bear Island, right? Lady Mormont. You know, at 11, placed into a position, uh, had to become uh, strong early, you know, kind of give her childhood a little bit, and dedicated her life to public service. Uh, but on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, Padme has body doubles. Padme, as we saw in episode one, has blasters in the throne. Okay, and Naboo is a very pristine, on the surface, place to live. But if you need body doubles everywhere you go, and you have to carry blasters everywhere you go, and a security force every place, what's really going on back there? And that, to me, seems to be what Highgarden is in Game of Thrones. Uh, we're going to get more into next week. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about Padme and the greatest love triangle that may or may not have happened in canon, and it not, not necessarily who you think. We're going to talk about the Death Star, my single greatest science uh, sci-fi creation ever. I love the Death Star. We're going to go in depth about that. And we're going to go into Palpatine. Okay, will Palpatine at the end of the day end up being a sympathetic figure or not? Ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of my week, and I hope it's the start of yours. Uh, let's all sit back, relax, comment, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it, and we're going to talk to you soon. Remember, Naboo is the high garden of the Star Wars universe. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'll be reposting uh, Brand's Plan B and Prophecies Are Right and Wrong because of popular demand. Uh, if you've already heard it, great. Please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, share with your friends. If you haven't, it's about to go up shortly. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Hey, good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Ross again with your three cocktail early dinner question and comment. Yesterday, on my friend Ken Knapsack's uh, channel here, uh, Daily Thrones, where he talks about uh, Game of Thrones, I proposed kind of a crazy question, kind of a theory, which was, if uh, Bran is a time traveler, that theory's kind of been out there, but I suspect, I suspect that Bran is like Merlin, and Merlin's superpower, his magic power, was to be the original Benjamin Buttons. He knew everything in the future and aged backwards. And so I proposed to Ken, Mr. Knapsack, that Bran taught the Mad King how to make wildfire as a plan B to lure the White Walkers 
into King's Landing and destroy all the White Walkers while sacrificing King's Landing uh, to the White Walkers. But you're saying, Kevin, that's crazy. That's the entire population of King's Landing. Not necessarily. Let me explain. See, because Bran is this, this time traveler, which has been speculated by other people, I'm not the original one to make that up, but they stop at Bran the Builder. Bran builds the wall. I believe Bran is Bran the Builder, and he builds the wall. But because he is a time traveler, I can see all aspects of his particular timeline. He sees that the wall will not hold back the White Walkers, and so Bran needs a plan B. Plan B is... He learns to manufacture the wildfire from the children of the forest, brings that to the proper time time perspective uh, in our in our time period to the Mad King, who manufactures all the wildfire and has Targaryens build out the fifty miles of tunnels underneath King's Landing. And I propose that what's going to happen is the population and the warriors are going to lure the White Walkers into King's Landing. The population and then the warriors will escape into the tunnels and the dragons will detonate the wildfire around King's Landing, perhaps sacrificing the city, but destroying most, if not all, of the White Walkers. This is Brand's Plan B. Give me a call. Tell me what you think. Uh, let's discuss. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Good morning, everyone. This is your three uh, breakfast cocktail uh, question. Uh, think of it as, as your mimosas while I'm traveling to France today. Uh, got me thinking, once again, about Game of Thrones and expanding on the idea of prophecies and Game of Thrones. So thanks to everyone for listening to my uh, Brand's Plan B and how Brand has set up King's Landing to be the ultimate trap for the White Walkers and the tunnels underneath are how the population and the warriors will survive the wildfire that will go through King's Landing. Uh, if you haven't heard that, please check it out. But this one is about a larger version of that, which is prophecies. Are they right and are they wrong in Game of Thrones? And I s speculate that they're all right and they're all wrong. Let me explain. For the first time in movies or literature, we are seeing time travel from our perspective, not the traveler's perspective. Every story in books or movies about time travel is always about the time traveler and what they do. You see it with Marty McFly, who's gone back a few times and sees versions of himself. You see that with Doctor Who, who keeps changing doctors, but keeps playing out literally the same scenarios over and over and over again. But this time, what George has done, George R. R. Martin has done, is given us the perspective of what time travel looks like from us, whether it's chicken or the egg. And what I suspect seers are seeing are a snapshot of a change and a vision of what Bran has done or is about to do. And when a prophecy goes wrong, it's not that it was wrong, but it was changed. So think of a prophecy as a photograph or, an, or a Polaroid, perhaps, because we know that photographs nowadays, you know, digitally can be modified and altered. 
but think of it as a as a as a, a still paper photograph or a Polaroid. Yes, at that moment, what they saw was correct. They were predicting the actual future. But when Brand goes back and changes things, and we don't know how many times he's done this to get this right, to ultimately defeat the White Walkers, but let's just keep the math simple at a hundred times. Okay, just a hundred. But during those periods of times, people have seen several times that a prophecy has come and gone and has been kind of close or not. That brings us to Melisandre, and maybe that at some point, Robert Baratheon was Azor Ahai. Okay, that Bran tried to use uh, use um, Robert Baratheon as Azor Ahai, and after he ran through all the, the scenario as Robert Baratheon being Azor Ahai, it turned out that Robert would not have stopped the Night's King. But Melisandre didn't see that. She saw the single version of Bran trying out Robert Baratheon as Azor Ahai. So that's the vision she saw through the quote-unquote Lord of Light, and that is why she has gone about doing what she has done to make this work. Prophecy seers, what seem to be in this world, are taking snapshots of what could have been and what might have been, or what might be. But at the end of the day, Bran is still the one in control of how the timeline thread is going to play out to his ultimate satisfaction. Never forget that. He is the Three-Eye Raven. And ultimately, his goal is to end the White Walkers, one way or another. Plan A was the wall. It didn't seem to work out as Bran the Builder. So plan B, as I have said, and have stated before, King's Landing is going to be the ultimate trap for the White Walkers and the wildfire. Thanks, everybody. Think about this. Uh, subscribe. Favor the station. Tell your friends. Uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Well, good evening, everyone. Um, this is Kevin Ross again with your three uh, light champagne cocktails uh, before your evening uh, kicks off. You know, I thought I was done this evening, but it occurred to me while I'm sitting back uh, by this ocean, just kind of sitting back enjoying life, that Game of Thrones is going to probably get their first lesbian couple. And congratulations for that. Uh, not my business. I don't judge you know, who you love who you're going to love. But I think Yara needs to be careful. And I think this is why. Uh, Are uh, Elena uh, killed Jamie's daughter with a kiss. And we see them kissing in uh, the trailer. Now, that could be to start off the relationship, but it could also mean that she's sending her off to battle. One last passionate kiss before she goes. And if that's the case and that kiss is poisoned, we saw that that poison was immediate, but it was delayed. Maybe, just maybe, that uh, Arena slowly poisons Yara, uh, and Yara starts to get sick during the battle, and that's when Euron makes his move on her. Not that Euron would know exactly when the poison's going to take effect, but, but Euron's going to see that she is weakened and begins to make his move on Yara, and Yara may die during that battle. And that's why we see Theon on the beach getting kind of sick to himself because his, his sister is dead. Okay? A kiss may not necessarily be a kiss with these people, and you know George R. R. Martin has a way of kissing off the, 
uh, the characters that we love. Anyways, now I am, <laughs> I am going to sign off for the weekend. Like I said, we're going to start uh, some crazy Star Wars stuff next week, and I'll talk to everybody soon. Please like, subscribe, uh, and for those that have already done that, thanks very much. It, it means a lot. It really, really does. I'm a little new to this, and uh, it's really exciting. Thank you very much, everybody, and I'll talk to you next week. We're going to talk Star Wars. Bye-bye.